0: Hey St. John, welcome to Post-Sermon Podcast. This is Deacon Estalia, and I am here with Vicar James today. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for inviting me.
0: You are very welcome. So we're here, episode three, and I have to ask, is this the first podcast you've ever been on?
1: I'm pretty sure I've never been on a podcast before.
0: Very good. Well, I hope it's a good experience for you.
1: I hope so too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how long now have you been the vicar here at St. John?
1: Oh my, since uh July first, so that would be like eight months now, just a little over eight months.
0: Okay. And if there's one word you could use to describe your experience.
1: Oh, I don't know that I could use one word. It's been fun and challenging. Um I've been hmm. uh, it's been um educational, right? I, I it's uh yeah, it's been it's been it's been really good. I guess really good would be that's no, two words. Really good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well I do know people here will definitely miss you when when your time uh, to go back to the seminary is up and one more thing before we get started on your sermon the congregation knows a little bit about you already military background you were a drill sergeant worked at the post office what is something else about you that those sitting in the pews may not know
1: well uh, my father my father was in the the Air Force um, and so we moved around quite a bit when I was younger um, so I was born in California I from there, we moved to uh, Japan, uh, and then we came back to California, and then we moved to Okinawa, and then from there, we moved to North Dakota, um, and then we went to England. I, I went to high school in England, um, RAF Lakenheath, and, and then from there, uh, we went back to the States where I actually graduated from California um, uh, and. uh Join the Army from there, so yeah, so i've uh, traveled all over the place, and then of course, while I was in those different locales, I went to different countries as well so so i've been pretty well traveled actually
0: wow, yeah, that's really cool. Um, I wish I could ask you more questions about your travels, but instead we're going to just go into podcast into the sermon right now, so can you tell me a little bit about the text that you preached on this sunday
1: yeah sure this is a, it's a really good text um it's um Uh, Luke chapter 4, and it's the temptation of Christ. um, it starts out with Jesus coming away from the Jordan river and moving into um, the wilderness to be tempted by the devil uh, one of the interesting things about this particular text though is um, is right before it Luke does something that all the other gospels don't do and that is he goes through the genealogy of Christ um, starting with uh, Jesus himself and moving through Joseph's line he ends in uh, he ends the genealogy by saying that um, you know he's the son of Adam the son of of God and so right after Jesus is baptized in the previous set of verses, you get this genealogy that really wants to emphasize the identity of Christ. And so, so then this moves into the text that um, that I was preaching on. And so, you know, you get this really brief reference at the very beginning that uh, Christ has uh, left the Jordan, so he's just left this, the the river uh, where he was proclaimed to be the Son of God, and that God was well pleased with him. And then he moves into the wilderness where the devil tempts him. Um, and so he goes through all of these temptations, and at the end you get, you get this moment of respite. It's really, really short, really brief, where, where the devil leaves him. And so the text is kind of nice because it goes through the, the, these three ideas of the Christian life that I was trying to hit on in the sermon, uh, baptism, uh, temptation, and respite.
0: Baptism, temptation, and respite. I thought it was really interesting in your sermon— that when you started talking about baptism, you began moving to the font during it. Can you tell us uh, why you decided to, to do that?
1: Yeah, I, I thought it would be a good um, image um, instead of just standing up in front of the congregation and trying to explain baptism, which they're all pretty familiar with, but rather to just move forward and try to present the image of baptism, uh, it might uh, make the uh, image a little bit more concrete, a little bit more real to, to see it, to see the elements and, and, uh, and where it's actually being physically done, so just to kind of get the congregation to remember their own baptisms and the baptisms that they've seen happen uh, amongst themselves in this congregation.
0: So, what was the problem that the sermon t- sought to identify?
1: In our lives, we often tend to just focus on the middle part of the of the of uh, the life of the Christian, and that's temptation. We seem to be we are oftentimes overwhelmed with temptation, and it comes from the inside and the outside. The world around us is constantly trying to tempt us, and then, of course, our Flesh is also uh, wanting to give in to these temptations. And this um, really becomes the over—not uh, not, not always, but a lot of times, it's the, um, uh, it's the, the central focus of our lives. We, we, we constantly are battling this, this temptation. And so that's, uh, that's the issue that, um, that the sermon was trying to focus on, is, is that uh, is this is the problem.
0: Sure. Then to move in from, move from the problem to then Christ, how was Jesus— the medicine, in the sermon?
1: Well, in two ways— One not quite as important as the other, but the first one is: is Jesus is 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 an example. He's a model. You know, he shows us the Christian life from baptism, temptation, uh, and all the way to the promise of the resurrection. Right? So he shows us, uh, he shows that to us. But more importantly, because we're not really able to overcome temptation on our own, or at least not um, all the time, um, Jesus. Really um, overcomes that temptation for us, and so he points us to the promises of God that Christ has overcome all of this for us. He's overcome the world, sin, death, and the devil for us, and points us to the respite that uh, um, that is to be um, that is given to us in the resurrection. And so Jesus solves this problem. This focus on. Um, On uh, the temptation by telling us that, uh, pointing us back to our baptisms to remember that that our identity in Christ, that we are children of God, and then also to point us forward to the resurrection, that the ultimate rest that we're going to have in Christ.
0: So then how did you intend to benefit your hearers in their faith with this?
1: Well, it, just to, like I said before, um, really it was just to kind of outline the Christian life, right? it it starts at baptism, it 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 has this temptation um part of it in the center, right? But it ultimately looks forward to the resurrection to Christ. And so uh so the idea was uh to to outline this for the hearers and so that they can see that even though that they're in this uh period of temptation, right? that there's rest available for them, right? And that rest often comes um, uh, in the form of the gospel, the the word, and the sacraments, and then also um, uh, in prayer. But in a couple of other places that are often overlooked, and that would be um, the mutual conversation and consolation of the brotherhood. I mentioned that specifically. Um, a lot of times in uh, American society, we have this tendency to go it alone. We you know we have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, and you know not rely on others. But Christ uh, gives us the Church, right, um, to uh, console one another, right, because we all go through these temptations, and and um, and we're here uh, to support each other. And another way that uh, that uh, we can. Um that he gives another means that he gives to us is also confession and absolution, uh, particularly private confession and absolution. I, I don't think we make very much use of this nowadays, um, but um, it's good to have uh, this confessor to um, to confess these temptations to someone who can, uh, you know, hold you accountable while at the same time. Um, keeping the the privilege that uh, keeping that information privileged so that it's not out there so so I think those are some of the ways that uh, that that Christ benefits uh that gives the the benefits of that we are receiving through uh, Christ f- for this
0: sure yeah you had mentioned brief moments of respite so would you say those are examples of that rest yeah that we find mm-hmm. I also like that you brought up the private confession absolution I don't think it's talked about in in churches as much as maybe it, it had been um maybe for people who aren't very familiar with it. Could you expand on that and just tell us what exactly that is?
1: Uh, sure. So the uh, the Lutheran Church has practiced cri- uh, private confession and absolution, you know, throughout its um, history, but it has pretty much fallen out of favor because uh, in favor of corporate absolution. But we do have a, a rite of uh, confession and absolution. I simply, you simply go to the pastor, all right, and we have um, a short little um, uh, rite that you, you can go through where you can confess your particular or individual sins or temptations to the pastor, and then he individually absolves you. Of them, and one of the benefits of doing this is that you um, that you can well one you hear the 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 absolution is for you it's it's for you personally right and not just part of a, a corporate uh, group not that that's any less valid but but it's good sometimes to hear that that promise is for you we ha- on ash wednesday um the pastors stood up there and gave each individual private confession uh or, i'm sorry private absolution um and and so that they heard the words that um that the forgiveness was for them another benefit for uh Private absolution is uh, confession and absolution is that you can be held accountable for it. And you know, and if you're desiring to overcome those temptations and those sins, I think it's a good thing to have somebody there to 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 confess that to, so that you're not just simply falling back into it over and over again.
0: That's well said. Yeah, I do remember Ash Wednesday. Many people found that really meaningful to have the private absolution said to them specifically. Yeah, thanks for explaining that. Going back, uh, another question I have for you, what was a challenge for you with the sermon process?
1: Oh, I think there was two challenges. Um, the first one was, uh, I used a structure called um, a compare and contrast, so I was comparing um, Christ's life to our life, and so the way the structure uh, folds out is you you can either do it part-to-part part or whole-to-whole. Whole. So I initially was going to do it whole-to-whole, whole, and that is where you look at Christ's life in its entirety, from baptism, temptation, to, the, to respite, and then compare ours to that. But that was that didn't seem like it was going to work out as well, because um, it was going to be hard to make the distinctions between the the groups when you're telling the story and narrative. You know, it, it doesn't—it's not as—the the distinctions aren't quite as prominent. So then I decided we'll just do part-to-part, look at Jesus' baptism, look at our baptism, our temptation and his temptation. The problem with that, though, was that— um, was I, I? I wanted to start with our baptism, and then move to Jesus, and then um, end with our respite, right? So I had to kind of flip that around. So I didn't use the structure quite as it uh, as it uh, was designed. So uh, so that was a little bit of a uh, just kind of working through that was a little bit of a challenge. And I think the, the second challenge that I ran into was um, saying the word respite, right? I really wanted to say respite.
0: Respite. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Because that's how it's spelled. <laughs> that and I had the word despite in there a few times. And so uh, so, so, it was just naturally to want to say respite. And so it took me a while to make sure I kept saying respite instead of uh, respite.
0: <laughs> respite. I like that. Well, good. That's all the questions I have for you. This is going to wrap up the episode. How how do you think it went, first time? I think it went okay,
1: so we'll have to see what the reviews come out as.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you guys, just to remind you, there is a link to the sermon in the notes. You can also find it on the church website. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you later.
1: Thanks for having me.